Hello, and welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackiston, Executive Director, and in our NSTA Membership Minute, just want to advise that recently the Center for Disease Control and Prevention did issue some guidance on school transportation services. Uh, what the guidance said was that school transportation service providers should create distance between children on school buses. As an example, that would have one child per row or skip rows when possible. Now, this guidance will surely be a topic of discussion when the newly created STARTS task force convenes, which will happen uh, imminently. But the STARTS task force, which is students' transportation aligned for return to school, that task force will be considering a number of different proposals out there and offering recommendations that student transportation providers can take to their local board of education, as well as their state and local government. So at the bus stop today, we're pleased to welcome back Tim Drake. He's with uh, ITS America. He's the Vice President for Public Policy and Regulatory Affairs. So welcome back to the podcast, Tim. Thanks, Kurt. And it's good to, to talk to you again. And I thank you for having me back on to uh, discuss important issues going on in transportation safety. Excellent. So just to refresh the memory uh, of our listeners, why don't you talk a little bit about what ITS America does? Sure. So ITS America um, is an association of public and private organizations that are focused on advancing the research and deployment of intelligent transportation technologies to save lives, improve mobility, promote sustainability, and increase efficiency and productivity. Uh, we at ITS America represent stakeholders across the transportation industry, including state, county, and city departments of transportation, metropolitan planning organizations, automotive manufacturers and suppliers, technology companies, engineering firms, as well as research universities. That's great. And you're, you're doing such, um, you know, great work, um, you know, in this space. Now, you were, you know, on the podcast previously in February, and that was a time when we discussed the Federal uh, Communication Commission proposal to reduce uh, the 5.9 gigahertz safety band. So, so much activity has happened, uh, not the least of which is uh, we've had this COVID-19 epidemic. So I, I think it'd be great if you can give us an update as to what's been happening since we last spoke. Yeah, happy to do so. Um, as a reminder for your listeners, the FCC early this year proposed to reallocate the majority of the spectrum within the 5.9 gigahertz safety band for unlicensed devices. Uh, now this would significantly limit the amount of spectrum that would be available for transportation safety communications which currently uh, the entire 5.9 gigahertz band is reserved for. Since we last spoke, both the comment deadline and the reply comment deadline have passed. Initial comments were due in early March and reply comments were due in late April. Um, ITS America worked with our membership to draft comments and reply comments. And we also worked with a number of outside stakeholders such as yourselves to help them draft and submit their own comments. And I do want to thank all of the stakeholders across the transportation industry that worked with us on this. In both the comment and reply comment periods, uh, submissions opposing the FCC's action were more than 85% of total submissions. So we significantly outnumbered comments that were in support of the reallocation. Additionally, I'd like to note that 
Every transportation industry stakeholder called on the FCC to preserve the entire 75 megahertz of spectrum for transportation communications. This includes US DOT, all 50 state DOTs, and numerous local, city, and county DOTs and governments, as well as the automakers, technology companies, safety groups, first responders, and healthcare stakeholders. Really, everyone across the board is unified in trying to protect the 5.9 gigahertz band. Yeah, and you know we've seen some you know media accounts um, that have you know, kind of highlighted this um, debate that's going on in Washington D.C. But from the FCC standpoint, their commissioners have been vocal about moving forward with the proposal, um, and they go as far as to tap the efforts of over 100 wireless internet service providers. Um, but can can you tell us, I guess in layman's terms? why all this is so dangerous to the V2X and the safety communication infrastructure? Yes, you, you know, you're correct that um, there has been some media coverage of the issue, uh, but we believe there's still opportunity to better inform the public about the dangers of the FCC proposal and what it would mean for transportation safety. As you noted, the FCC issued special temporary authorizations to a number of wireless internet service providers to allow them to operate within the lower 45 megahertz of the 5.9 gigahertz band on a temporary basis. Their stated goal was to increase broadband during this time when many of us are working from home or attending school from home and even using telehealth for medical appointments. Um, however, the FCC shaped the special temporary authorizations specifically to avoid overlap with current V2X deployments. So most of the geographic areas covered by the STAs are in rural counties, and there were specific requirements that they not operate within two kilometers of an existing site license, such as a VDX infrastructure deployment, and not within 75 kilometers of many Department of Defense installations across the country. This means there's been minimal overlap with VDX deployments. This, the FCC also required that any wireless internet service provider that's informed of interference by existing licensees, such as VDX deployments, would have to stop using the spectrum immediately. Despite all that, the FCC has decided to tout this action as successful while failing to acknowledge that it was done in such a way as to limit the possibility of interference with V2X. You know, we have long at ITS America held the position that we're willing to share the spectrum with unlicensed devices if the FCC and DOT can show that it won't cause interference. But I'm concerned that the FCC is trying to use this uh, special temporary authorization to help advance their current proposal which is vastly different from the STAs. At the end of the day, the FCC's proposal will take away 60% of the available spectrum for intelligent transportation services, such as V2X technologies. Every transportation stakeholder in their comments discussed how this will negatively impact the safety of our transportation system, as there's not enough spectrum for advanced V2X applications. Additionally, most commenters raised concerns that unlicensed devices operating in adjacent bands will subject the remaining 30 megahertz to significant interference, likely rendering it useless for transportation safety. Despite this, the FCC has not provided any evidence or studies to show that they can protect VDX applications from this out-of-band interference. At the end of the day, what the FCC is proposing will, will have a significant deleterious impact on VDX deployments and all of the safety benefits that, that those technologies uh, could provide for our transportation system. Now, when we talked back in February, you know, we had a, a discussion that uh, kind of centered around the fact that, um, 
you know, as this safety ban was evolving, that the FCC's action would have a, a chilling effect uh, upon its, you know, its growth when it's finally, um, for lack of a better term, maturing. Um, now, recently, I understand that um, auto industry stakeholders are committed to install at least 5 million V to X radio vehicles and roadway infrastructure within the next five years. But that's only if the FCC fulfills its commitment to the full 75 megahertz within the um, 5.9 uh, gigahertz safety spectrum. So, you know, if, if you were to look at this, what do you think will happen? Is that, that going to be a compelling enough argument to get the FCC to back off? You know, this is a this is an important point. The FCC has claimed that part of their reason for reallocating the spectrum has been a lack of VDX deployment in the 5.9 gigahertz band. Well, I would argue that the tens of thousands of infrastructure-based and vehicle-based VDX radios currently deployed across the country in more than 30 states is significant deployment. It's also important to note that the industry is on the verge of widespread deployment, both in infrastructure and in vehicles. We at ITS America are very supportive of the auto industry's commitment to deploy 5 million radios over the next five years. And I think it shows the commitment to V2X from the private sector and automotive industry. I would also note the same organization, the Alliance for Automotive Innovation, uh, representing the automakers, also recently released a band plan that would resolve the concerns regarding which V2X technology should become the standard, whether it's dedicated short-range communications or cellular V2X. This is yet another concern from the FCC that has been effectively mitigated. And I'm hopeful that the FCC will consider these steps when making a decision about a final rulemaking on the 5.9 gigahertz band. But we have not seen much indication that they're backing down from their position that the band should be given away to unlicensed devices for commercial use. So while I, uh, I take heart in the advancements that the Alliance for Automotive Innovation has made, I'm not sure that it's going to have much impact on the FCC. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, now, you know, as we discussed earlier, you know, we're moving, um, you know, through the COVID-19, you know, health crisis. Um, but this, you know, regulation was, you know, was proposed in the earlier part of the year. Um, we know that federal activity at a, you know, a, a normal time moves very slowly. In, in light of all these considerations, what do you see imminently on the horizon, um, you know, for this issue, Tim? So the FCC has responsibilities, like every regulatory agency, uh, under the Administrative Procedures Act, to consider all of the comments, reply comments, and ex parte filings that make up the docket in this case. Uh, often that would take several months, particularly given that several hundred comments and reply comments have been filed on this issue. However, we've heard from commissioners that they want to get this rulemaking done quickly. Um, and to be frank, uh, I expect that it's most likely the FCC will take up the issue at either their July 16 or August 6th meeting. Um, if the FCC doesn't act on it by August, it could wait until after the election to advance final rule, but it's really unclear at this point. I think it's important to note that um, while the FCC is moving quickly through this process, uh, stakeholders still have a little time to weigh in on the issue, whether that's through op-eds in their local papers, talking with their members of Congress, or speaking directly with the FCC. 
Um, currently, they, you know, we have at least uh, seven weeks or so until the July meeting, um, and that provides us as transportation industry stakeholders some time to continue to weigh in on this issue. Yeah, all uh, very interesting and dynamic stuff, Tim. So um, we thank you for, for jumping on the podcast with us. Once again, everyone, Tim Drake, Vice President for Public Policy and Regulatory Affairs at ITS America. Now, Tim, if uh, people want to learn more about this issue, where can they uh, where can they get some information? So anyone, uh, I would encourage everyone to go to our website. It's itsa.org. Uh, we have a number of materials on the website related to VitaX that explains the issue, um, can provide you with more information. Uh, additionally, we've set up an email address specifically for this issue. So anyone can email us at v2x at itsa.org. And uh, my personal email address is tdrake, T-D-R-A-K-E, at itsa.org. And I'd be happy to hear from anyone who is interested, has questions, or wants to be more engaged. Well, thanks so much, Tim, uh, for your work on this, as well as ITS America. And uh, we appreciate it. And I'm sure as this issue, uh, you know, winds its way through the regulatory process. We'll have you back on and, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, what eventually occurred. So thanks again, Tim Drake, Vice President for Public Policy and Regulatory Affairs at ITS America. Thanks for joining us at the bus stop. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks for having me on.